I'm going to start a new series in praying. Uh, this seemed to be pretty strong. It's going to be called The Glorious Church. You know, there are scriptures in the Bible that talk about how that the church is called a glorious church. And when we talk about a glorious church, you know, like anything, a definition uh, produces a viewpoint of what a glorious church looks like. But how many know that different people can have different opinions about what a glorious church is and what it looks like, what it entails, or what's going on, you know? Are we part of the glorious church? And uh, so we're going to look at all these different things uh, that make up the glorious church. Though there are churches in the world, there is one glorious church. It's this one which were a part of the whole, right? And so somebody thought, oh, cool, we found the right place. Well, we're one of the whole, and uh, we are the glorious church. That should sink in, because we're not normal. So we said, we knew that when we came. People are watching at home going, yeah. Uh, no, we're not normal, you know, we don't have to argue with other churches or other religions. We're not normal. We are a glorious church. We don't need to try to be the glorious church. You could say it like this. We don't just go to church as believers. We are the church. There's a big difference because people who are religious who go to churches and go to mosques and go to different things, they go. We are. Besides going, we are the glorious church. We're not just trying to be and we're not just trying to gather. We are, and I'm talking about believers, we are, as the Bible said, the body of Christ. And it said you are bought with a price... Think about it. You are the body of Christ. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God. That sounds like not only were you recruited, you were paid for with a huge price. That's big. You were paid for with a massive price. In other words, some people will die and shed their blood for a nation some people for a friend in a gang or for a family member that something is happening. But God shows how big His love was for the world that He shed His blood while we were enemies. You ever read the Bible? He said, while you were yet enemies, Christ died for you. He shed His blood and then He rose from the dead. And when He rose from the dead, anybody who then receives Him is part of that body, that glorious church. We're not a natural church. People who are saved are not natural, just natural beings. We have been bought with a price. Therefore, we could readily say, others go to church, but we go to church, but we are the church. We've been miraculously brought into this. Supernaturally brought into this. Nobody else can say that in any other religion in the world, that they have supernaturally come into something. Meaning from a divine origin from God. 
He originated it. Other religions cannot say that. And they'll even tell you that, even if they believe in a different God or different gods or whatever it is they say, they're all trying to obtain. Our God, the living God, the only God said, I bought, I paid, this is the only way, and He miraculously did a work. So if we're a glorious church, the reason we are is because of Him. Because we're not normal. We're abnormal, or maybe we are normal, what God wants is normal, and the world is abnormal. No wonder they crave life, and crave something beyond themselves. Because the world is full of spiritual death in humanity. No wonder they should be introduced to a living God. Because it's a reality. Turn with me, if you will, to Romans, the 12th chapter. We're going to look at some different things about this glorious church that we are a part of. Or I could say it like this. Everybody who's saved, everybody who's given their life to Jesus is part of the glorious church. And the glorious church doesn't just meet. They are it before they meet. But they should meet together. Romans, the 12th chapter, and we'll begin reading. uh, We'll read in verse 4. I was going to say verse 5, but we'll start in verse 4. It says, For we, for as we have many members, and he's talking about the church, many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Notice verse 5. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. One of the things we're going to talk about today is having gifts or being an individual member. And we're going to talk about different things as we move forward about your relationship with God. We're going to talk about your relationship with the lost world and look at different aspects of this glorious church. But this statement right here is huge in verse 5. Notice this at the end. He said, And individually, members of one another. The church, or people who are saved, are members not just of a group that meets. You know, now we do like a membership class, but When he said this, he said, you are a member of others. Not everybody in the world, but members of other people like you. Other people like you who know Jesus, who are born again. That's an interesting statement. And individually, members of one another. We are not just members of a church. We're members of one another. Let's go back and read that again. And so, we being many are one body. Well, when he talks about members here, he's talking about like your body has members. Fingers, elbows, shoulders, You know, all these different parts. 
And he said we're individually members, really you could say it like this because it does say it in other places, connected to one another. And your bones and your joints in your natural body bring a supply to your whole body. You with me? Your body brings a supply to different parts of your body. And he said the body of Christ, every individual is a member of other parts. So other parts are needed. And this was supernaturally done. You, you can get your finger cut off and you can go to the doctor and they can reattach it sometimes. They can do that through a skilled physician. But God is so big that He takes a person who's lost and then supernaturally puts them into the body of Christ. Just puts them right in there supernaturally. Like an elbow... You know, and there are no, you know, like, you know, when they do heart transplants and lung transplants, they try to get the right fit. Spiritually dead people are the right fit. When they get saved, they fit. And they, they'll even tell people, we'll give you special medicine so that your body will not reject this new thing we're putting in it. Somebody else's heart, somebody else's lung. We don't have to have that. God won't reject us. The body will not reject. Now some people might not teach or be nice to other members of the body. But that shouldn't be. We'll talk about that later. I won't forewarn you when we do. That way you don't go, well, I ain't coming that day. But we should treat the body right. We shouldn't attack other parts of the body. Why? Because I'm a member of that part. If I'm saved, I'm a member of that part. And if I'm attacking another part, I'm really attacking myself. And if I'm attacking the part of the body, remember this, they're the body, not the head. And so if I attack your body, I'm attacking your head. When we go to court because I attacked your body, you know what part is going to talk? Your head. Jesus is the head of the body, the church. And in the New Testament, you could see where this guy named Saul was attacking the church and going after the church. And the Lord finally appeared to him and he got knocked to the ground. He was struck blind for three days. And when the Lord spoke to him and he said, why are you persecuting me? Because the head will talk for the body, this glorious church. So, we shouldn't attack and we should know this, if the body is attacked, the head will take care of it too. Amen. That's the truth. So notice verse 5, we're members, individually members, individuals are connected to other individuals, members individually. Now, verse 6, real interesting. Having then gifts differing, having then gifts differing. Notice, individuals 
have different gifts. And if I have a gift, is the gift for me? No, our giftings are for others. Particularly other parts of the body. Let me read this again. Having then gifts, and what's he talking about? Individual parts have different gifts. And then he said, having then gifts differing according to the grace or the gifting that is given to us. Individuals have been given grace. Isn't that cool? No wonder it's a glorious church. Because what we do for the body is not natural. And our endowments, though people may call them natural, if you look at your giftings as natural, you might just cut off your supply. Or the real force of the supply you're supposed to give. If you think preaching or sharing is just natural and no life and power should come, then are, did you receive that gift from God? Or did you just, are you living natural? What about a music gift? What about serving in children's? What about serving anywhere? There should be grace, ability. I remember years ago, uh, I volunteered to usher. As a matter of fact, it's probably not a good thing to say you volunteer to usher or you volunteer. We, we don't just volunteer. We've been recruited. We don't just option this idea. Everybody should be serving, you know, in, in various ways. And, uh, and I remember uh, the Lord dealt with me, not in an audible voice. I just knew this is a step I got to take. And I was thinking, I don't know if I want to do this. But, you know, he didn't ask me if I wanted to do it. And so I'm part of the body. And my, I don't know that I've ever asked my finger, you want to bend right now? My head just says, bend now. Wouldn't we think there's something wrong with the body part if it wouldn't bend when we said bend? You ever had a body part fall asleep? Anybody ever had that? It's not supernatural. It's way natural. You know, you sleep funny. You go to get up. What happened to my leg? What happened to my arm? You're wanting to give a command and your arm won't move? You know what's interesting? The Bible is said that, the, that in the last days or in this church age, there's often admonitions given to the church about waking up. Wow, somebody's not awake, they might not be serving. They may not be living it. Because he said, awake, you who sleep. Haven't you ever said that to your body? Oh yeah, you have. You didn't say awake, you went, Or, you know, start moving, get that blood back in there. Why? Because there's a supply it's supposed to offer, and when it's asleep, it's not offering it. I mean, I remember, you know, if my arm or leg or something falls asleep now, it's not like when I was little. Back when I was little, you remember getting a million needles in your... You're like, ah. Oh! It's not functioning, and it hurts. 
We're members one of another, and we have gifts. Each part, you know, and some, the Bible said this, some people don't think their gifts or their parts of the body are that significant because they're a toe. But it's really important to have the toes doing toe stuff. Toe business. And these are not natural. It's supernatural, and there should be a supply that is offered through it, and it should create a whole atmosphere that makes the church glorious, so that means we got to be consecrated or separated to the Lord and His giftings for us. Dedicated. Are you with me? So notice, he said, having then gifts differing according to the gift that was given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy, and he goes through a list of different things. Notice this, though, that he said, we're members individually of a body, which means we're individuals connected to other individuals. And then he said every individual has a gifting or has an ability, and it can be to work in children's. But as I said this, started to say this, when, when uh, the Lord dealt with me to be an usher, I remember uh, then they had jackets at this church so that, you know, you just wore like black pants and like a white shirt, and then they had a bunch of jackets so that all the ushers kind of looked and dressed, or not looked, dressed alike. And uh, I remember the first time I went and put the jacket on, I was like, wow, I could sense God. And I told some other people, and they said, yeah, that happened to me too. You know, when you enter into grace, you enter into a supply that's given, and you release it. And you release it to the body. And it may look just so natural, but it's not natural. There is something that can happen and create something uh, for the whole. This whole glorious church. He didn't say this just natural church. And so, he goes on to say, and we'll read this, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us, notice this phrase, use them. Use them. Use, let us individually use them, but if we're individually connected to others, our using them are not for us. They're for others. Now, you get benefited because that supply flows through you. Fulfillment to the Christian, part of it is doing God's will. And part of God's will is plugging into the body and using your gifts. People who go off and do their own thing and don't serve God in the areas they know to, uh, they start starving out themselves. I didn't say they weren't saved, but there's something to having a flow through you and that supply, the way you were created being operative and put into action. And when you do that, you benefit, just like a garden hose. The water flows through it. You are created to have certain things operating through you, and that through you is to others. That's why you have to keep a right attitude. Amen? So he goes on to say, notice that phrase, use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy. Or you could say, use it in the proportion of our faith. 
or ministry. Let us use it. Or you could say, use that gift. You think he's trying to get something across? He who teaches in teaching, or use your teaching gift. He who exhorts in exhortation, or use or put exhortation to work. As he goes on, he says, He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. What's he saying? There's different ways to serve, and there are things we should do, but you got to use them. Use the thing. Use what's been given to you. Notice verse 9. So this individuals that we are in this glorious church, we were put here supernaturally. Not naturally. You know, the danger of the church becoming so like the world is that it just becomes natural. And we say, come to church. Become a member. Start serving. We'll do these things. And people don't get saved. They're not really part of the church. They're part of a church. They go to church, but they are not the church. And there's a big difference between being the glorious church and going to church. Both of them by appearance can look similar. They go to church, but they're not the glorious church. Because the glorious church looks like if you could tear away the body, they're born new. They have eternal life. They have divine nature in them. They're no longer spiritually dead. They're people that are alive with God's very nature. That's a different program. But both of them may go on Sunday. Both of them may do acts of service. They all may become a member of a local church. But that doesn't mean they're a real member of the body of Christ. So verse 9, writing to this glorious church, and, and this could be taught to those ones who are not. But you've got to be born again. You have to believe Jesus died and rose again. You have to receive Him. There's no other way to be saved. And so it's not about becoming a member and you'll be saved. And so to be part of this glorious church, these are the instructions. And it's real interesting because he's about to tell us the motivating factor behind you and me using these gifts as individuals in this glorious church. Notice verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Boy, you could stop there. But what's he talking about? He's talking about individuals, body parts, that are to be giving a supply, and he basically says, here's the motivation of your life. Love is not only how I treat you, it's how I walk with God. It is how I treat you, but it is how I walk with God. And part of it here, he said, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Don't like evil things. That's something we probably all can grow in in this day and age because some things 
are evil and we may not practice them, but sometimes we might like laugh at them and find humor in them. We should learn to not find humor in things. The Bible tells us, you know, we're not to speak about certain things that are done of them in darkness, but many are finding humor in them. We need to be careful of that. Why? Because we should abhor what is evil. Not find humor in it. There's no humor in it. Some jokes that are told now, or things that are laughed at now, will never be laughed at for eternity. That doesn't mean we become a bunch of sourpusses. I don't laugh at anything. No jokes are funny. No, there's a lot of funny things. I almost said it, but I didn't. Just look in the mirror. Okay, I'm sorry. I, meant, I said that to everybody. No. Technically, joy and different things like that should be a great commodity in the church. But realize this, we're to abhor certain things that are evil. Cling to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. Why would you give preference to one another? And what is he talking about here? He's talking about using your gifts as an individual member, and we're members of one another, and he said give preference to one another. Give preference to using your gifts for the body of Christ. Notice the next thing. Giving preference to one another members of one another. If I'm a member of an individual member of others, and he said give preference to others, then that means I need to give preference to other believers, but also to the church as a whole. Watch what he said right here. Because he really said this, let this be the motivating factor. Brotherly love in your service to the body. Because you sure don't want to get sour at another body part. It won't do you good. It won't do them good. And think about it. It would be like our bodies fighting, you know, like my fist against my other fist, and my head's going, stop it. But Jesus is the head. We're the body. We're a glorious church. We've been supernaturally moved into this kingdom. And so He said, Notice this. Next verse. Not lagging in diligence. Don't fall back in being diligent in serving and being involved in a body. In the body. Because he's teaching this in this context. Notice. Not lagging in diligence. You know, if... If uh, you were out walking with somebody or out riding bikes, you know, with the family or doing a car trip and you had some people and uh, a few cars and, and, or hiking and some, one, some of them fall back or biking, some of them fall back and they keep falling back or driving and they're falling back, everybody else has to slow down and compensate. Why? Because why are you lagging? Because they're lagging. What are they lagging in? They're not doing what they should be doing at that time. So when he said, don't lag in diligence, be diligent 
In what area? In serving, serving the Lord. Because isn't it true, if I serve the body, I serve the head. So when he says here, not lagging in diligence, but it's interesting, he didn't just say, don't lag in diligence or using your giftings, but he said this, but fervent in spirit. Wow. Be fervent in spirit. Don't just be diligent to serve. That's why we're a glorious church. Part of it is because we have divine giftings and abilities. Don't just think what you've got is natural. Don't just think because you can organize well, it's natural. Well, I can play a musical instrument. Don't just think it's all natural. We have different gifts, and he said, don't lag in diligence. Now, you can develop these gifts. You can get sharper in these things and learn to skillfully put them into practice. But notice he said, fervent in spirit. What does that mean to be fervent in spirit? Literally, it means to be white hot or glow. Like, you know, just burning hot. Don't just, don't just serve the Lord, you know. He said, do it on fire. Full of zeal, full of power, full of life. Remember the Lord recognizing the churches in the book of Revelation? He said to one church, He said, I see your works, you know, that, that, that you do good works, but you're not hot or you're not cold. You're just lukewarm. You're, you're doing the works, but you're lukewarm. So, they were still diligent to do, but I'll tell you what, we don't want to miss out and just be diligent to do, but not be fervent in spirit. Because we want to bring our gifts and bring them driven by the divine life of God. We want them to drip with heaven's commodity. If that's what they came from, that's what should be given. I mean, if I had a big old greasy, you know, uh, basketball right now, and, you know, I just greased it up real good and I threw it to you, some of you would be like, oh, what are you doing? But it would drip with that. It should be just as real have, have I been fervent in spirit? Am I fervent in spirit? Not just serving the Lord, but fervent in spirit. So when I give that gifting to somebody where I serve, it doesn't just bring natural impact, but the little kids go to church and they don't just have a good time, which they should, but they leave and they go, man, I know God. And it may not be a big thing to them because it should be real natural to them because they haven't been tampered with in the world. But then for us, we should go to church and go, man, God was involved in that. It wasn't just a good sermon. It wasn't just good prayer. It wasn't just good worship. Did you hear how they hit all the notes? I'd rather miss five notes 
and blow us out of the park by fervent divine life than hit every note and everybody go, whoa. No, why? Because when it breathes life and breathes God, then people go, there's something different. And you know what that commodity is? People know God. People individually know God. And I hope as a whole, the church remembers we're not competing with one another for performance, but we are giving life and transmitting through gifts, abilities, word, time spent with Him, and we become fervent. We're transmitting the living God. There becomes a reality, and people go, whoa, whoa, I don't know, but whoa, whoa. And you leave and you go, i got to know that God. Not I need, well, I need to get to know the preacher better. No, I need to go know God better. I need to, I need to know whatever was being said made me thirsty and hungry to know Him better. That's what should happen with the kids. That's what should happen as a whole. And all of us working together give that opportunity for people. Amen? knew you guys would be excited about this. Not lagging in diligent. Fervent. White hot in spirit. That's my part. Serving the Lord. Doing it unto the Lord. Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. Remember Jesus. Anybody remember Him? Savior, Redeemer, God in the flesh. The One who was and will be. The one when he comes back, we're going to see him like we never saw him. He ain't coming back like when he was on the earth. No, he's going to have greater glory when he comes rolling in because he even said it. He said, Lord, return to me the glory that I had with you before I was here. So when he comes back and mountains crush and mountains split open, we're going to go, whoa, we serve that supernatural Lord. We were born of him. We got divine life from Him. It's a reality. Not a natural one, but a spiritual one. But if we live too far on the natural, we don't tap into it. Amen? But it's there. When you received Him, that's what makes Christianity so glorious. And we're not just Christians. We're the body of Christ. Notice this in uh, Matthew. Matthew 25. Now, we're members individually of one another. And this Scripture right here is talking about when the Lord returns. Jesus was sharing this story about Him returning as the King. And uh, these people questioned why they were getting rewards and why that eternity would be affected and they would have such giftings and rewards and stuff forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. They would have stuff. You know, not everybody gets the same judgment in hell. Hell will be horrible for all that go there. But he said if you deceive people, your judgment will be stricter. But then he said, we will get greater or lesser rewards. Hey, it'll be, it'll be great by itself to go to heaven. But there will be greater riches and rewards for people forever and ever 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 for our investment in a short little time here. 
I mean, forever life will be different. Forever because of the little time we do what we're supposed to do here. Now, who, where do we do this? How do we do this? Jesus made this statement in, in Matthew 25, 40. He said, And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, insomuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. That works on the positive and the negative. He said, when you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. He told some of them, get out. But then others, he said, you know, they said, well, where did we do this? How did we do this? He said, when I was sick, you did this. When I was hungry, you did this. In other words, when we do things to other believers and use our individual gifts, we're just using what we got. He said, then you're doing it unto me. Well, remember the Scripture? Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not men. To the Lord and not to men. How, how do I treat others in giving the gift? Do I really dedicate myself to committing to do this diligently, fervently? Because I'm not just doing it, I'm doing it unto the Lord. And one day He's going to go, remember when you did that diligently and you did it fervently to those people when nobody was watching? He said, you were doing it unto me. And he said, look at this reward you're going to get forever and ever and ever and ever. And people are going to say, well, when did, I, when, who, when, when did I do it unto you? Well, when you did that Bible study, when you served, whatever it was. He said, and people need to realize you're doing it at as unto the Lord, whether you know it or not. Boy, wouldn't that change some people's opinions about how they did some things. Because it alters eternity for them that we do it for, and it alters eternity for us. Not necessarily where we go, because we are born again, I mean, if we've received the Lord, but how it will be for eternity. Makes you think. Because these are real. This, this is God saying these things. Let's close up over here in Colossians. He's the head, we're the body. When we do it unto the least of these parts of the body, we're doing it unto the head. And the head will recognize us someday for it. Some will be uh, experience it here in the earth through promotion, different things like that. But everybody, when we get to the other side, he'll say, you know, when you were doing that, you were doing that unto me. When you didn't do it, you didn't do it unto me. I would be bummed. I mean, you know, you don't want to judge other people who go, I know I need to be in church and I know I need to be serving God and I know I have gifts and I know I have abilities. I don't want to judge them when they don't come. I need to look at myself and go, I need to take care of me. I need to take care of me. I've got to be committed to me. 
Because the Bible said, Paul writing in the book of Timothy, he said, give yourselves wholly to these things. Your progress will be seen by others when you give your whole self to the Lord and follow Him. But then he said, you will not only save yourself, but you'll save all those who listen, who, who you have an opportunity to minister to. So if I lag in diligence, though I've got a gift, and I could have a mighty gift, and if I lag in diligence, that mighty gift won't influence the body, and it will have been a mighty gift that was given from the Lord. It may not seem mighty to you, but I would think anything the Lord gives is precious. And when the Lord looks back, when we're all on the other side, He'll look what He gave to each of us individually and say that was from heaven itself. Therefore, we should be committed, committed to the body He directs us in. I mean, I can't join my finger to Dave's body. I think I'll be in his body. Why you got an extra finger? I don't know, Pastor Dave decided he wanted this finger over here. No, everybody needs to be committed to the body, the place. People know where they belong many times. Hallelujah. Let me translate that. Praise the Lord. Colossians, the first chapter. You ready? Let's look at the 24th verse. Colossians 1, verse 24. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of His body, which is the church. Let me read that again. I now rejoice. I I'm joyous. I'm praising God in my sufferings for you. And fill up in my flesh or the sufferings I'm feeling in my body which was lacking in the afflictions of Christ. Now Christ suffered for all of us for whatever we needed. But do you know to serve God sometimes people have suffered in the flesh? They've been persecuted, prosecuted, pressured to back down and he said I rejoice in my sufferings I'm not backing down how many times was he beaten stoned, ridiculed thrown in prison he said I don't back down I rejoice in my sufferings why did he say such a thing when hard times came against him he said because I do it for the sake of the body the church doesn't matter what pressures are coming, I'm going to serve the body. I'm going to fulfill what I've got to do in the church regardless of the sufferings. He said, he said I finished my course with joy. Isn't it interesting? He said, I did this, and he was facing junk. You know, we may face junk. No, let me rephrase that. We'll all face junk. At some point, and Paul was a great example of facing junk 
and going, I'm afflicted, I've been attacked, I've been pressured, and you know what? I'm going to keep on keeping on because I'm not doing it for myself, I'm doing it for the individuals that I'm connected to, the body of Christ. The body of Christ, which is the church. We could say it like this, which is that glorious church. Think about it, God made people brand new when they receive Him. And then he gave us gifts to help them along the way. Then verse 25 says, Of which I became a minister, or one who serves. Minister. How many ministers do we have? Oh, I'm not a minister. If we serve, that's what it means. Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship or the gifting from God which was given to me for you. For you. We have gifts for you. You have gifts for us. One thing is true. You will not get everything you need in this life unless you get some of it through other people that are in the body. All of us are that way. All of us are that way. There are designs by God. In other words, you're not going to get everything you need or myself unless I get some of it through the body. Because why? God has put giftings and abilities in individuals. Think about it. If we didn't have camera people and sound people today, there would be people, and I know there's a number of them that are not here today. If those people were not here using their gifts then that supply would cut this whole message off and the divine life that's in it. That would be it. That would be it. And think of that in a bigger scale or a smaller scale. He said, notice, he had been given a gift, a stewardship, was given to him for you. You know, we could all say that. We've all been given stuff for one another, for His body. To fulfill the Word of God, because He was called to be a preacher. So in other words, we're called, gifted, to fulfill that calling, that gifting. It's, it's of interest that the Bible calls us the glorious church. Each part is supernaturally alive. We're fed manna from heaven individually. We're directed by God individually. We're gifted by the Lord individually. Therefore, we've got to do something with what we've got. We're not weak. Beggars. We might have been told that and might have believed the lie. But we've got the goods. <laughs> 